Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we are in conversation with Sports Illustrated's Charlotte Wilder to discuss her first trip to Ohio Stadium to see Senior Day a few weeks ago as the Buckeyes took on Penn State. In our chat, we talk about Charlotte's impressions of OSU's game day atmosphere, the differences between pro and college fandoms, the best damn band in the land, and much more. As a note, we recorded this interview just a few days after the Penn State game, actually the day before Thanksgiving, just to put the timing into perspective. So... With that now out of the way, here's my conversation with Charlotte Wilder. So the first question I have to ask is, I understand why all of the crazy people wearing scarlet and gray were at Ohio Stadium in a cold, rainy, mid to late November Saturday. But the question is, why is someone like you, who has no real connection to Ohio State or Penn State, why did you make the trip to Columbus to watch this game? Well, I'm working on um, a story that should be out fairly soon across a few, um, all of college football, really. But um, for the story, I was at University of Florida three weeks ago, then I was at Clemson, and then um, Ohio State uh, last weekend, which was, I had never been up there before, and the horseshoe is pretty incredible. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so what's what was the focus? What were you trying to compare? Atmospheres, game day, aesthetics? What was the, what's the, if you don't want to give too much away about the story itself? Yeah, I kind of want to keep that under wraps for now, just because I'm still sort of, um, you know, working some things out about it. But uh, hopefully that can be answered very soon uh, <laughs> when it comes out. <laughs> totally. Well, that's, I kind of wanted to go in that direction anyway. So I'm hoping that that I'm not spoiling too much for you, but you've been to these other stadiums and obviously you are a college football fan. I'm sure you've been to a lot of different games uh, and stadiums throughout your, your life and career. But as you went through, I would imagine that there were probably some things you've seen before at a ton of other type of game days, but there were also probably some things that you've never experienced that are unique to Ohio state. If you had to pick off one that was, really cool and really interesting that you never seen before and one that you thought was maybe a little overdone that Buckeye fans should probably uh, do away with. Was there anything that sticks out in your mind? I was just absolutely blown away by the marching band. Yeah. Um, I, I know that that's sort of an easy out because it's so renowned, but um, I just could not believe the intricate uh, formations they come up with the, the, precision um i loved the music they chose uh it was really sort of cheeky and funny you know i i had a video go kind of viral when the marching band formed as a um pair of scissors and then you know cut up a michigan flag it was just i mean ingenious stuff like i have never seen um that kind of ability at a college football game from a marching band to be honest yeah, no, we are very proud. And they, when they announced them, it's the, the pride of the Buckeyes. So we, we love the marching band uh, as much as anything that we uh, also see on field uh, on the field. Was there anything that you thought might be a little over the top, whether it was the tailgates outside, maybe something that happens in the stadium, anything like that? Um, no, I mean, I, I think that would be unfair to even sort of try to think about because I think that 
what makes college football um, so important to so many people is their various bizarre traditions. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this guy outside in the tailgate who, you know, was probably in his 70s or 80s um, who dresses up every year as a Michigan fan uh, and like puts in these weird, gross, fake teeth. He's a dentist. So he takes pride in that. And his name is Doug. He carries around a Michigan flag upside down and sort of pretends to be um, a dirtbag Michigan fan. And he's, you know, and he has a, a plate on his tailgate, no, no matter who they're playing, whether it's, you know, Penn State or Rutgers, um, that's a Michigan plate with a plastic uh, mold of dog poop on it that he brings to every classy you know stuff like that yeah where i just i think that those are the kinds of things that people remember and that people um whether you went there whether you married into a you know college football family or whether you're just visiting that make it so different from other from other sports really correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that you are a patriots fan at least in passing i know you have a, a a long fascination with with tom brady and his social media antics yeah i grew up outside of boston um so i am you know it's one of those things red sox and the patriots are kind of just ingrained um yeah. and you know it changes as you as you know as i've gotten more and more into this career of sports writing um i do find that fandom shifts a little bit um you know i'm able to kind of I can kind of step out of it um, when I have to. And of course, you know, I see the uniforms. It's sort of like a Pavlovian response, you know, Um, but it it has been kind of interesting to sort of see that shift. But yes, absolutely. In in my core, I will always be a Pats fan. So as you've kind of been going through, obviously, not only your career, but especially these last few weeks as you've been reporting on this story that's coming up, what are you able to identify what the difference is between college football fandom and NFL fandom, obviously there's going to be a lot of people that overlap and have certain passions, but mm-hmm. to me, it always mm-hmm. feels like it's, it's a different type of fandom. Uh, and I don't know that I've ever been able to put my finger on exactly what those differences are, but from the weird traditions that you see, like the fake poop on a plate, um, there's something <laughs> endearing about that when it's rooting for colleges where the power bombing people through tables that they do in Buffalo is a little strange. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I think that all of fandom is a little strange. Uh, I think that it's at its core, it's about identity and it's about belonging and it's about feeling like you're part of something. And I think the difference between college sports and professional sports is that with colleges, you or someone, you know, and love, um, that is a, that is a part of you. If you went there or the person you care about went there, you know, like, not only you're you're not just from Boston rooting for a team that's also from Boston. Like you spent four years on that campus, um, or however much time on that campus with with those people and in that place. And so a football team takes on a whole new meaning because that is a part of who you are and a part of your history, whether you loved or hated it. Like if you went to Ohio State, you see that logo and like it's sort of you know, you know it, you were there, you were as much a part of that institution as the players are. Um, And so I think that there's a real tie to it and a a sense of tradition that people feel a lot of ownership over. And I think that's probably why college football fans 
you know, it's, it's very, they're very um, sensitive in a way that I don't think is, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, you know, sure. like if you attack someone's team, you're kind of attacking their school and you're kind of attacking them if they care a lot. Um, so, and I think that's true across all levels of fandom, but I think that college sports have a, a level of ownership and belonging that is a little bit different from professional leagues. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. And that's a great observation. And I think that plays into the fact that you were there in Columbus for a game that was probably more emotional for Ohio State fans than any other so far this season, mainly because it was the only one that was in, you know, within two touchdowns of being a game. And I would imagine Mm -hmm. that the fans that you saw in the stadium before and especially during and after were probably a little bit more anxious than they had been throughout the rest of the year. What was your experience with uh, kind of the, the roller coaster of emotions that the fans were going on while you were watching the game? Um, you know, I think I still feel like people were pretty confident. I think that the atmosphere when Penn State got closer was electric. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything in sports that is more exciting than being there in person for a close game. Um, you know, so I think that I saw the most roller coaster um, when Penn State, when the call, I forget what call it was, but there was a call on um, Ohio State that wasn't reversed in the second or third quarter. And, um, oh, it's, you know, OSU fans were pissed and understandably so. You know, I would have been too. It wasn't, I don't think it was a great call. But, um, you know, I think that sort of level of, indignation uh followed by a little you know people were a little on edge it wasn't clear what was going to happen and then you know the relief of like oh okay we got this yeah I, I would imagine that indignation that you saw in the stadium was part and parcel to the mad online vibes that everybody was having watching the game on twitter so uh it's good to know that it was just as bad in the stadium as it was for those of us that were watching uh, oh, yeah. on tv like a collective roar from the fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if this is the one you were talking about, but uh, Ohio State Twitter kind of lit up on Justin Fields' second fumble where the replay looked like his knee might have been down, might not, and and people were a little indignant with the fact that they didn't overturn yeah. that. But That's what it was, when they didn't overturn the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, it all worked out for Ohio State fans uh, in the end, but I, I'm interested to hear kind of what you thought about the atmosphere in the stadium, because I think Ohio state fans are very proud of, of, of the horseshoe. It's a, it's a gorgeous place to watch a football game, but those of us who might be a little bit more, you know, not trying to just dive directly into the fandom realize that it's not exactly, you know, LSU where the fandom is so loud that it's deafening, but it can get that way at times. It has a little highs and lows. The rich people all get the better seats. So the fans that actually probably want to yell are really high up. What was your vibe from the game and the atmosphere? Obviously the weather plays a part in that, but as a whole, what was your impression on how the fans and everything stacked up in the horseshoe compared to some of the other places that you've been? Um, I mean, I think it was, I think it was, up there. I mean, I think there's a difference between a noon game and a night game. Uh, you know, when I was at totally. Georgia, Notre Dame this year, um, that was sort of a higher notch of energy um, just because, you know, the game started at, what, 7.30? And I think for noon games, I was kind of surprised that it was, um, you know, Penn State, Ohio State at noon. But, you know, I think that's when Fox's big big noon game is. So it, it made sense. Um, but I think it's sort of tougher for people 
you know, it was still a great atmosphere. Don't get me wrong. It was still electric. Um, but I do think that uh, the time of day does affect a little bit of the vibe. You know, it was sort of like a rocket yeah. brunch as opposed to a crazy banger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, the 730 games gives people plenty of time to get lubed up and uh, and fortified for those kind of contests. But kegs and mm-hmm. eggs, kegs and eggs can only take you so far for the noon games. Right. Uh, all right. So right. speaking speaking of kegs and eggs, one of the things that if you go to a college town, you, you have to ask is, what did you eat? Did you sample any of the local delicacies? Where did you hit up? Did you visit any hot spots? Um, what was your your experience in and around Columbus in the short time that you were there? I'm really going to let you down on this one. Uh, <laughs> I did not really do any of that. Oh. Um, I think for me, when I'm on the road so much, uh, part of the only way I stay sane is if I, which, I mean, it's been incredible. I feel very lucky. I love this job more than anything. Um, and I'm very blessed to be able to travel to these places, but it is sort of a, a marathon. And part of the only way I stay sane is trying to maintain some semblance of like a eating decently well schedule because <laughs> otherwise like it all goes off the rails very quickly. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, there's a few things that I would have recommended that you could have done both, but that's fine. I totally understand. You gotta gotta look out for yourself while you're on the road. Um, yeah, you know, it's a if I'm if I'm gonna last through through some more college football stuff, I don't know if I can clog the arteries just yet. Fair enough. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, other games that you have to get to before you have to have open open heart bypass surgery. So. Right, right, understood. right, right. Hopefully uh, for a few more years. <laughs> yeah, uh, understood. It's always interesting to hear an outsider's perspective on something that is so passionately held by by you or by me in this case. Like you said, I'm an Ohio State grad, so of course the the passions that I have for Ohio State are different than you know uh, anyone else looking on the outside. But I know you were there kind of to look at the atmosphere for the game, but as somebody who covers college football and, and looks at college football uh, from an outsider's perspective, I, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on the program and the changes that have gone through from urban Meyer to Ryan day um, mm-hmm. from a, from a national reporter's perspective, mm-hmm. where, wh- what is the vibe that comes from this program? Is it, is it different than it was when urban Meyer was in charge? Uh, and did you see anything this weekend that kind of changed your opinion on either what it is now or what it could be in the future? Yeah. I mean, I think with urban Meyer, um, there is always going to be an element of urban Meyerism that hangs over a program and it depends how you feel about him, but that's, you can't deny that when urban is at a program, he is the program, you know, like it's, it's totally. Ohio state, it's urban Meyer's Ohio state when he's the coach, as opposed to, you know, Ohio state and Ryan day happens to be coaching it. Um, I just think that he's one of these larger than life personalities and he's clearly so successful at what he does and, you know, has his ways. I think, I think his play calling is very different. I think Ryan Day has been much more surprising than um, Urban Meyer was. And I think that's part of what's made the team so much fun to watch this year is you don't really know what they're going to do. And, you know, it was funny in the press box at one point, there were a few plays that Day ran, I think that were um, pretty predictable and someone was like is urban calling this game um so (laughs) i I think that i think there's some sort of a cultural shift where i mean obviously he's still around the program like i'm pretty sure he was in the you know upper level watching he has his office nearby but uh 
I think that there's kind of a chance to start over with Ryan Day. And I think that that's the case no matter who follows Urban at what various program he's been at. Um, that I think is, is kind of interesting. And it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how Day continues to sort of put his mark on this team. I think they've been so successful that that's, you know, that's huge. And, and that's a real leg up for him as, as the season's plural, however long he lasts, because we all know coaching is very fickle um, as, <laughs> as his time goes on. Yeah. Well, I guess just to to finish up our conversation, mm-hmm. do you have one takeaway from your experience, whether it was on the field, off the field, in the stadium, with a band, what, anything at all? Do you have a, a singular takeaway from your time in Columbus? Yeah, I think what was really uh, what really stood out to me about Columbus and about Ohio State is obviously it's huge, but so many of the fans felt uh, feel kind of protective of the program. I think, um, you know, other places I went, um, there was this kind of, you know, Clemson was very friendly and very kind and, um, Ohio state was, you know, very welcoming to me, but there was sort of an edge to the fandom where it was like, you know, we're protective of this. Like, this is the thing that matters, like sort of a defiant, like we don't have a pro team and we don't need one here and we will never need one because this is who we are. Um, and there's something that I, I admire about that. And I think sort of comes through in um, just sort of the ferocity of the, of the fandom, which, which again, I, I don't mean is a bad thing. I think that there's something, um, you know, OSU is clearly such a special place for people and and I think that the dominance of the program over the years just kind of um kind of further solidifies that if that makes sense yeah absolutely absolutely I think that's uh while I'm not necessarily someone who has tinfoil hat uh on when talking about Ohio State I think that there's (laughs) very much a feeling in the fandom that there have been some external forces that have worked against Ohio State in in recent mm-hmm. years, and I think that that can be argued and debated to varying degrees and you know rationales behind it. But there is definitely this sense that there needs to be some sort of of protection and defense of the program that really, when it comes to what happens on the field, needs no defense. Um, For but, sure. Uh, I mean, I I think there's you know the whole like SEC bias or you know whatever you want to call it that fans get upset about. Um, I think that sort of it reminds me a little bit of Boston sports, just in the sort of us against the world mentality that Pat's fans have. Um, I think that yeah. dominance comes with a, a level of feeling like you need to defend people who might get fed up with your winning. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because we have no problem. And you as a, as a Pat's fan have no problem with the amount of winning, but everybody else seems to, and, and wants to come up with ways to kind of tear that down. So I totally get that. And, uh, one last thing from your Twitter. I, I, I know that you were asked multiple times if you were a narc or something, and you tried to oh. talk to students <laughs> that didn't want to talk because they thought you might be an undercover cop. What was that all about? Yeah. So I, you know, part of the story I'm doing, I've had to talk to a lot of students and I've noticed that they're much smarter about talking than I would have been when I was in school. Um, you know, almost a decade ago, they're very much like I would say, can I ask you a few questions? And if they were drinking, you know, sometimes the majority of people would be like, yeah, for sure. Like, we'd love to talk to you. But 
there were quite a few kids who were like, uh, I'd rather not, or like, don't use my name. Or I, you know, like they were clearly aware that if they talk to me <laughs> and I use it, like that's going to come up in their Google searches. Um, so it was sort of like, yeah wow, these kids have really gotten very smart about managing either their online presence or protecting their futures in a way that, you know, when I was in college, Facebook was fairly new. And so we would have, you know, like pictures of us drunk with like pizza boxes on our heads, staying on kegs and be like, this won't matter someday. Um, so I, I, it was, it was funny. I, I said to a few of them, I was like, I'm not out to get you. And they were like, yeah, no. And I was like, okay, fair. You know, like I get it. <laughs> uh, so that was definitely, definitely funny to me going back to these schools. Yeah. You almost have to respect the level of awareness because I don't know that I would have been that self-aware of the situation at, at, at that time in my life if I was that age nowadays. But so you, you got it's grudging respect, even oh. if they don't want to talk to you. Definitely not. I mean, I'm such a ham that I've been like, yes, quote me, <laughs> um, which I, I just, it was very funny. Yeah. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your experience uh, heading out to Columbus in the Horseshoe. I, I'm really looking forward to reading and seeing the piece when uh, when it is finally released and, and enjoy the rest of the college football season. I'm not going to say good luck to the Patriots because we all know where Tom Brady went to school and that would be sacrilege and I'd <laughs> get voted off the north. Ohio State Island. <laughs> yeah, the school up north. Um, but anyway, enjoy the rest of the college football and NFL season and uh, can't wait to uh, read what you come up with. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. And of course, our special thanks go out to Sports Illustrated's Charlotte Wilder. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at The Wilder Things. If you are finding this podcast on the website, don't forget to go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe so you get all of the Land Grant Holy Land audio goodness downloaded directly to your device as soon as it is published. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMATT. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And of course, go Bucks.